Welcome to the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Axel Ragnarsson, and on this show, I dissect how seasoned multifamily investors started, built, and scaled their businesses. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another quick solo episode here on the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the decision between renovating units or a property, exterior, common area, etc., uh, immediately after closing or shortly after closing with capital that you raise or financing those renovations versus performing renovations using funds from cash flow and, and organically using cash flow to renovate units over time or to renovate the building over time. This is a really important decision that investors need to make because it affects how you raise capital, how you allocate capital shortly after you close. And even before closing, as you're raising capital, it's going to affect or, or if you're personally contributing, how much you need to bring, right? Alternatively speaking, if you do it through cash flow, there can be some challenges associated with doing that as well. Uh, this is a question that I was asked when I posted on Instagram the other day as it related to you know, looking for some topics to discuss on the podcast. And I thought this was a really, really good one to discuss because it's something we're constantly battling with in our business. And I know a lot of other investors face this challenge, especially as they start to scale and especially as they need to be more careful about how they allocate capital or make these decisions. So I'm going to talk about what we do. And then as I describe what we do in our business, I'll add some color to hopefully touch on different situations that other investors might find themselves in as it relates to this decision, this battle, this this topic. So when we do deals, we like to fall in the camp of we want to renovate units, we want to renovate the common areas, we want to do all of our exterior work shortly after closing. And when I say shortly after closing, basically what I mean by that is within our business plan parameters, right? Within the first 12 months or 18 months, depending on the size of the deal, et cetera. But we want to get into all of this very quickly. Reason being, we typically do value-add deals, right? And there's typically a component of our business plan that requires renovations in order to uh, to push rents, to mitigate expenses, to increase the financial health of the building, to help us offer better management services to residents. It's hard to offer great management if there's a ton of stuff breaking in the building, right? So to use an example, if we go out there and buy a 20-unit building, we're going to want to go in shortly after closing, renovate those common areas, paint the common hallways, change the flooring in the common hallways, maybe some of the exterior doors, we want to do work on the exterior. Maybe that's painting some of the trim. If it's a bigger plan in terms of the capex that we need to do, maybe we're painting the exterior. Maybe we're doing the roof. Maybe we're doing the driveway. We're we're paving the driveway. We're doing the lot, doing some landscaping, cleaning up all the trash on the outside, and cleaning up the trash in the common areas. We want to do that very shortly after closing. And I think that anybody, regardless of whether or not you're trying to fund some of this stuff out of cash flow, at the bare minimum, you should be doing common area exterior work all of that shortly after closing, no matter what you're doing, right? I think that's a no-brainer because it immediately sends a message to everyone living in the community that you are there to provide a great service. And it immediately helps with leasing of the units. Even if you don't touch the units, you're going to have an easier easier time leasing units that's you know in a building with nice common areas and, and a spruced up exterior. Now, as it relates to the units themselves, which is usually the bulk of your CapEx in terms of what you're spending your money on, this is usually where people have a harder time deciding which way to go, right? Let's say you have a building where the rents are $1,500 a month and your objective is to get them to $2,000 a month, right? Just for round numbers here. 
But if a tenant leaves and you don't renovate their unit and maybe you do some renovations, maybe you just paint it right instead of doing the paint, the flooring, and the kitchen as you originally planned, maybe you can get it to like $1,750 or $1,795, something like that. So you kind of aren't sure, you know, do, do we want to rock the boat? Maybe you can issue raises on these individuals that are still living there that gets you to $1,600, $1,650, a little bit higher, right? Maybe the market will bear that. And you're in this weird little limbo. Do you just go for it and just spend your money to renovate these units to get them to the 2000? Do you do a mixture of both? There's, it's hard to answer this question. I'm going to share what we do and, and hopefully it illustrates. So first things first, a lot of this depends on how banged up the units are and how much work the average unit's going to require if it turns over. If the building is filled with a lot of units that have been totally neglected by the previous owner and they're in really rough condition, we're going to try to get in there and renovate those as soon as we can, right? Because it's very hard to manage your cash longer term when you own a building if you have a unit turn coming up that's 15, 20, 25K, which is like some of the deals we do. They're they're that hairy. So we we have to go in and spend this money sooner than later to make to, to give ourselves a chance to manage our cash effectively longer term. And considering that's most of the deals we do, we opt to go down that road. A little bit sooner. We want to be a little bit more aggressive with renovating the units and deploying our budget so that the building is a little bit more turnkey once we get into whether we refinance in a year, whether we're trying to make distributions to investors, we're trying to manage our reserves. The more CapEx we do and the more quickly we do it, the easier it is to manage our resources. Now, Let's say that they're lighter turns, right? And maybe we only have to spend five, seven, 10 grand. And we can kind of manage that out of our reserves. We can leave some of our CapEx budget on the side and not distribute it out to ourselves or our investors. Okay. Well, maybe that gets a little bit of a, it's a little bit of an easier situation to manage. Maybe we just do it as units turn. Maybe we, we, we just, you know, we do lighter renos on some and more heavy on the others. And it makes that conversation a little bit easier. And again, a lot of this is going to be determined by whether or not your investors are requiring distributions to stay happy, if, if that's the case and you need to constantly be making distributions, you probably want to be a little bit more aggressive because you're probably not in a position to fund this out of cash flow, right? You probably need to raise some capital and then do this a little sooner. If it's just you doing the deal and it's a five unit building and you know, you're just you're the only one buying it, you, you don't have any partners on it. And you don't need the cash flow. All right. Well, yeah. Maybe you buy it with just an, you know buy a building with just enough money to get it closed. You have some money behind the scenes for reserves and construction, and you can take a little bit more of an organic approach to it. And and, and maybe you extend your time period as it relates to how long it takes you to get there. And that's probably going to be okay. I still think you should do all the exterior and all the common area work beforehand, but that's probably a little bit more of an argument. And I think the challenge with this decision is oftentimes investors find themselves in a gray area. To where you can raise the rents a little bit by, you know, maybe they're just really low, or you can raise them a little bit by cleaning up some of the exterior deferred maintenance, just offering better management service. But if you renovate the units, maybe you can get them a little bit higher and you're kind of in this limbo. It, it really depends on how you're buying the deal, who your investors are, if you even have investors, and what all of their requirements are. So it's hard to give a black and white answer. And I'm just giving the answer that we have in our business because we raise money to buy our deals. And our investors are looking for distributions, right? So we want to raise the capital up front, deploy it as quickly as we can, get into a position where the building is performing at an optimal level so that we can compensate our investors. That's that's the objective for us in our business. 
And the deals that I personally buy, just you know, just me, just Axel without investors, which I still buy a handful of properties a year doing that. Well, I can be a little bit more lackadaisical about how I approach that, right? Assuming that I know I have the capital behind the scenes to allocate to that, because I can move some funds from one property to another. You know, I can I can move money around as I see fit in order to do this. Now, can't do that when you raise investor capital. It all needs to stay. All investor funds need to sit in that LLC operating account. If you're distributing capital out, it's in accordance to your operating agreement. You can't just move money around. So it's a different set of criteria. Now, the last thing I'll mention too is what we do with key systems. Spent a lot of this time talking about cosmetic updates, right? Hallways, units, common areas, amenities. But what do you do when the roof is 20 years old? Maybe it's got five years left. just doesn't really look that great. It's still It's still functional. How do you make that decision, right? That's a big dollar decision. Do you just wait until it's at the point of no return and then replace? Do you replace up front right after you close? Again, depends on a number of different variables. What's your projected hold period on this? Is this going to be a longer term hold for you? You're looking to get in and get out. If you're looking to get in and get out, you're probably going to be in a position where you do your cosmetic renovations, you try to increase the economics of the building, and then you sell it to the next person. And then they're on the hook for it, right? If you're somebody that's buying this property, it's an incredible neighborhood. All of your investors are on the same page. We're going to own this property long-term, right? And obviously things change over time, no matter how we slice it. But there's a real desire to own and operate this property long-term. We have some buildings where that's the case. Great neighborhoods, great construction, like easy to manage. We know we want to be long-term owners, five, seven, 10 plus year owners on these on these buildings. Well, it's easier to do that CapEx upfront, even if it's not at the point of failure, because again, you're putting yourselves in a position to, to, to manage your cash a little bit more stress-free longer term. It's very stressful to manage an operating account for a project. And it's even more stressful when you have investor capital that you're doing this with, where you kind of know that at some point, you're going to have to take care of half the heating systems because they're all 30 years old or whatever it is, right? The roof's going to come due in a few years. And you kind of know that's behind the scenes. Bang, you're going to get hit with 40, 50K, something like that. But so you're nervous when you're distributing funds because you kind of know that you need that in the reserves. You know, you do your cash out refi and you you have these proceeds in the bank. You want to distribute them out to your investors, but you kind of know you have to hold on to it because there's all these different things coming. If you just commit to doing all of this upfront or a large percentage of this upfront and not waiting to the point of failure, then it makes it a lot easier. You know you did all this, right? There's less variables that you need to contend with as you manage your cash moving forward. And that's what we like to do in our business. And again, it's different if you're looking to be a flipper, if you're looking to get in and get out, right? There's a different set of decision-making criteria if that's what you're doing. So that was a lot, right? And I spoke in generalities around different situations to help you at least think about this, to help you build a, a a criteria for how you make these decisions. But it's one of the most important decisions you make as a real estate investor, because these are big dollar decisions, how you decide to approach this. And the last, this is truly the last thing I'll mention before I wrap it up. If you are doing deals with investor capital, you need to know the answer to these questions before you close, because you need to raise the appropriate amount of capital to execute your, your business plan. So you better be thinking about this pre-closing. And then post-closing, as you're managing your cash, something that a lot of investors do, and, and it puts them in a tough spot. We've done this in the past, and you know it hasn't been like a terminal issue for our investors or anything crazy. It's just been a little hiccup. But something that we've done is 
we go out there, we do all these renovations. We're all excited. We want to go and, and do our cash out refi so we can distribute capital back to our investors. But along the way, maybe we only renovated 50, 60% of the units. We only did the common areas, but we still have a, a good amount of CapEx left. Maybe we have 25, 30% of our budget left, right? Which could be a, a lot of money depending on what your budget is. And then we refi and we're excited about making our investors happy. And we're excited about distributing capital back to our investors, returning capital, reducing their capital accounts so that we're taking some of their skin off, you know, some of their chips off the table, some of our own because we co-invest. And we know we have some CapEx remaining. So we allocate, you know, a good chunk of that still in the operating account, but we still, but, but, you know, we want to return capital because that's the big exciting components or part of the entire process. And, you know, everybody wants to make their investors happy. That's the easiest way to do it is return capital. And next thing you know, we have a few of these things go wrong at once. We have all those, you know, forced hot water boilers go, those heating systems. Maybe we have the roof. It's finally time to replace the roof because we got a couple of leaks or, you know, we got to go and do all the electrical panels or whatever, you know, something happens and we need to do, we need to deploy a lot of CapEx funds at once. The next thing you know, now we're kind of down to a lower reserve capital or a reserve amount in terms of the capital that we have. Maybe we aren't able to make that next distribution or something along those lines. And there's kind of a hiccup in the deal. So it's really important that you figure this out. And if you aren't going to do all this work at once and you are going to manage your cash over time, that you don't overdistribute if you're working with investors and you maintain the discipline to keep enough capital behind the scenes to contend with all of these issues as they come up. So I hope this helped a lot of you multifamily investors out there. If you learned something in this episode, please leave the show a rating and a review. And again, something that I've mentioned in a lot of these episodes, think about how you found the podcast, right? Maybe somebody sent it to you. Maybe it was a search on Apple. Maybe you followed me on Instagram or something like that. Think about uh, sharing the podcast with someone in your network if you think they're going to find some value out of it. It's very easy to just hit the share. You can text this link, this podcast, whether you're listening on iTunes or Spotify in just a couple seconds. Helps the show get noticed by more folks. Always incentivized to do better pods, more pods, get on better guests as the show grows. So if you wouldn't mind sharing this with somebody in your network, if you think they're going to get something out of it, please consider doing so. But again, thank you all for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode. <music>